You're listening to Two Chunks and a Hunk. Movie musings for mostly everybody. It's the theater of the mind. Give me some foley, please. Usually a door opens right here. Oh! Hey, I uh, I am shocked that you're here, and it makes me feel unsafe, listeners. <laughs> but I am glad to see you. Stay six feet away from me and wear your mask, please. But welcome to my home. I'm Doge. I'm Carter, and I hurt my knuckles every time I do that knock. <laughs> so and aggressive. Also, I'm Jordan. And if you're listening to this, you already know what it is. And you already know you, what it is. In case you somehow are a wayward traveler who has found yourself here, this is the Two Chunks and a Hunk Patreon feed. And Hold on. If you're a wayward traveler that found yourself here, just do us a favor. Email yeah. twochunksandahunk at gmail.com and just yep. go ahead and tell us who gave you the code. <laughs> who gave you the code? Because we might need to visit them and like lick their plates, cough into their mugs. Spit really on their door handles. Just some biological just warfare. Rona. That's bad. We're all asking for Rona these days. That's what I always mm. say. I, th- with it, we've done a number of these Patreon episodes. I'd say quite, a number. Quite a few. And I never remember how they're supposed to go. <laughs> <laughs> I never remember oh, what I'm supposed to say next. Maybe we talk, do we talk about, I mean, we're always... Chunky because oh, the patrons that's are hunky. Right. We talk about what we're, we're the reviewing. chunks. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. That's okay. us. We'll, yeah. we'll go back and do that again. No, I'm, we don't need to. Do you guys not have quotes? I don't want to take your quote. We don't do quotes on you. this. We don't do quotes on Patreon. You're kidding me. No, we really don't. It's like you we never. Don't. It's like you don't know our podcast, which is kind of embarrassing. That's actually blowing my mind. We really don't do quotes on Patreon. We don't do no. quotes on Patreon. We don't do quotes on Patreon. Um, goodness gracious. Okay. <laughs> well, that's where we are. And this Here is what are. it is. Here it is. And you know how it goes. Look, if you're a patron, you know you're the hunk. That's why we're here. But why we're really here? Doge, can you tell us that? I sure can, actually. That's very helpful. <laughs> Today, we're going to be talking about a movie. Uh, it is the secret sibling to all of our choosical movies, uh, our series that was happening over on the main feed. This is the secret sibling that nobody gets to hear except for you wonderful patrons. And today we're going to be talking about Hamilton. Hamilton. I almost said the mouse from Charlotte's Web, but his name's Templeton, huh? Templeton. That is Templeton. Not one that I remember off the top of my head. Is Is he the mouse that eats the big cracker dipped in the milk? No, no, no. That's Crim de la Crim de la Edgar yep. from the Aristocats. Aristocats. Yep, you're right. I want to eat that. Wow, that I cracker feel looks way so behind. good though, yeah. I think it's catch up on your cartoon mice, dude. It looks like a a Ritz, a Ritz's Jerry. big brother. <laughs> a, a big Ritz. A big Ritz. A big Brits. Ritz. It, it's a it's Brits. Rots. <laughs> Look, <laughs> I am incapable of even beginning to talk about a movie without First, ingesting some sort of synopsis. Yeah. And yeah. Doge, as I understand it, you have baked up for us in the Two Chunks Test Kitchen something quite juicy. 
Mm. I have, I have, and it goes a little something like this. Alexander Hamilton, a man with the plan to rise above his station and start a nation and take a stand against tyranny and oppression from overseas, overthrow the monarchy and liberate these colonies. A tale of political scandal He manhandles the financial situation Burns his candle at both ends Until he's shot by his friend And Alex bleeds to death while the nation begins How lucky we are to be alive with Eliza But sexual misconduct made a political pariah His first friend Aaron Burr became a mortal enemy And this immigrated founding father built the US Treasury a bonus episode exclusively for patrons It's Lynn manuel Miranda plus the founding of our nation Purchased for your streaming pleasure by the House of Mouse It's the story of America then told by America Now Ladies and gentlemen, that was brought to you a la Justin Dojuel Miranda And uh, yeah. He, yeah, he, yeah, I'll take it He brought it hot and fresh Yeah, if that wasn't enough, if you, if you want more just go listen to uh, back in the Disney Dungeon. Go listen to the Mulan episode, <laughs> which uh, is also weirdly Hamilton. <laughs> also Hamilton. Had we all just seen it? Yeah, we had all just been to see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back when you could do that. So I guess d- does it count as a spoiler that we all already know that we liked this? Like yeah, before I, going in, I am. I'll tell you in the beginning. When we were going to, and one was trying to cover my own behind because I forgot Newsies. I was like, maybe that should be Patreon. (laughs) And we did Hamilton as Patreon, and it just felt like such a cop-out to me. But I think it's going to be an interesting conversation because I don't know how to talk about this on a movie podcast. I was thinking about that too. It is like as if we did a podcast series about planet Earth. It is like something that is already beautiful and exists in another realm. And we've just put cameras to capture it. If you wanted to see it yourself, you could go there. But it's actually pretty cool to sit at home and see it. So, yeah, I don't know. Less a movie. I I think you're dead on. This is less a movie and more watching something that is happening somewhere. Like, Mm -hmm. and and which is which is what it is. Like the way that they made this movie. That's what it is. And I think that the the interesting conversation um, to start with for us, and I've been thinking about this a lot, is, and we, we've touched on this a little bit in um, you know main feed episodes, but I I think there's a future here um, for 100 theater for pieces. America, yeah, for America. I think it's gonna, <laughs> I think, that's all it I takes. Mean, I think it's going to stick. Spoiler alert! I think the revolution worked. Yeah. <laughs> after that, after that's on us. But the revolution, thanks guys. No, I it did mean, work. I mean, uh, for musical theater or, or theatrical productions of any kind, really concerts, uh, oh, sure. plays, whatever, like things to be brought into the home in this way. I, I think there's a future here if the cards are played well. Um, yep. absolutely. I th- well, but- the, the interesting thing, the interesting thing is that a lot of this stuff is already filmed, uh, right. like, like the, the national registry of, uh, it's in New York, right? Like if you have a good reason and the reasons are usually I want to watch this and they let you do it, but you can go right. watch taped versions of shows with the original cast. Yep. Uh, right. And so I, I was telling Jess after we watched this, when it came out on 4th of July weekend, I was like, man, if I'm Hulu right now, I am taking all the extra money I have laying around and I'm going to try, I'm going to try to buy Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen, right? Wicked, or, whatever. Exactly. Like something that hasn't Any been done like stuff. this. Come from away, like anything like that. Right. I, yeah. 
I here's what I'm going to say though. I think it. Uh, I think Hamilton on Disney Plus is a creative recording of a Broadway musical. I and y'all can convince me otherwise. We can make that part of what our conversation is about. I did not watch a movie. This is not a movie. Right. Yeah. Hamilton recorded is not a movie. Right. You know what that, I think when we call it a movie though, and remember Disney plus did a great thing. They did a good, good thing and gave it to us July 3rd of 2020 instead of 2021. Yeah. That was going to be in theaters. This was going to make money. This would have made yep. Disney a lot of money. I don't know if it's going to yeah. be like a blockbuster level, but the world still very much loves Hamilton. And if there was any kind of resurgence for something that I don't think necessarily like peaked, like it would be during our culture right now to be able to go and see something like that and what it stands for. And I think it does. I think it's going to be a real interesting thing, like on podcasts and stuff. Like, like this is the first time something like this has been in the realm of cinema to me that I know of. And that's because they've called it a movie. I think there's so much influence there. Yeah. When I'd see trailers of like the ballet coming to theaters one day only, I would never be like, yeah, that's a movie and I want to watch it. You right. know what I mean? Right, like if right. it's like a filmed opera or something that, you know, that just hasn't interested me, but it is super interesting. And and, and I will say, Lo, uh, the way that this was filmed, it's tricky to super pump and super dump, right? Because yeah. like, like I wouldn't, if we were watching a movie that was based on a novel, I wouldn't super pump, man, I loved this chapter in the novel, right? Yeah, right, right, Because right. We'd, have, we'd have to keep it somehow to the movie. Right. But I'm not going to do that. But if I was going to do that for this episode, it would be the way it's filmed. That we shot this over three days. Uh, we did a, a pass of it that was all our wide shots, a pass of it that was all of our medium shots, and then hopped on stage during a rehearsal to get all of the the close-up shots that to me are what make this actually worth worth watching. This Dude, is the difference. I think this that is what is makes a planet Earth. super pump. I, to, yeah. to me, that is not a to me that is well, that's you not, can only super pump that in this format. Well, sure, but that's that's not the thing I love the most about it. Right, right, right. That's yeah. not right. that is a valid super pump, but that's yeah. not my super pump. But this sure. is you know what? This is on a movie podcast. For me, I think it needs to be talking about this as a movie. What right. makes this different from seeing it in person? Right. And Doge, I, I, if I were super pump, mine is the same thing. Because I didn't want to super pump Leslie Odom Jr. I didn't. Because I was like, he's my favorite part of this musical. But he's that's what he is in the musical. That's not what he is in the movie. Which is so interesting. Because it's also a carbon copy of the performance. Like, they did three in a row, right? Like, yeah. they talked to Lin-Manuel and he was like, it was basically like, filming a th- on a three-day set for a movie with the best cast of all time because they'd done it for a year. Right. Yeah. There is no... Who is... do? You, was there a director for this? Did, did they call somebody yeah, a yeah. director? That's yeah. so interesting to me because I think he spent more time doing having dealing with the camera than dealing with the actors. Do, did it sure. look too much different than the blocking that they've been doing uh, for 300 days? This is directed by Thomas Kale. Uh, and he directed the live show of Greece in 2016 and right. then went on to do this. So this yeah. is kind of his his background is in these kind of televised broadcast events. Which I think that was the most successful one that they've had in terms of the major channels. The Greece yes. yeah. one was actually, and I watched that with Chelsea and actually I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, but yeah, I think the creativity for me lies in things that already existed. And so the yeah. only thing to super pump is the new creative that I didn't know before. And that's zooming in. You know, going back to the planet Earth reference, 
I can go to a zoo. I can go to the San Diego Zoo and I'll have an amazing experience. But planet Earth puts me in the cave with the bears. That's tricky, right? Because if we were watching... like, Yeah, you wouldn't super pump a tiger if you were watching planet Earth. You wouldn't be like, the tiger was my favorite part. No, but I would. I mean, I think that's that's an incorrect way of viewing this because if I'm... If I'm... If we're reviewing a documentary, my super pump could absolutely be my favorite part of the documentary. Like... Yeah, I guess there's no rules just right. If your favorite part is when the tiger does his thing, then yeah, of course. And and to me, I I feel kind of the same way about... This, because, you, you know, you're saying, like, you can't super pump Leslie Odom Jr. because he was already there before the cameras turned on. But, like, Aragorn was already in Lord of the Rings before they made that movie. But we talked up and down all about... Dude, I think that's completely different. I don't. No, I think that's completely different. Because the only context he had was, like, reading about it. Listen, so you, I think the argument you're making is saying, what's the difference between Aaron Burr and like reading about Aaron Burr and then seeing Leslie Odom play Aaron Burr. I'm not talking about the difference between seeing Hamilton the musical and then seeing Hamilton the film. Right, but Do you I, know what I'm saying? I guess my thing is like we've all seen Hamilton in a theater. We sat down and did that. And Leslie Odom Jr. Sure. was not there. So I'm saying why couldn't your super pump for this movie be That's a good point. You watched this and Leslie Odom Jr. was Aaron Burr when you watched it. Like I don't know. Yeah. To me it's like So uh, let me let me explain why I feel this way. My super pump is Renee Elise Goldsberry. Or Goldberry? Goldsberry? Goldberry? Goldsberry. Goldsberry. She's so good in this. Dude, she is... And 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 the reason I feel comfortable with that, she is not my favorite part of the soundtrack. She is yeah. 100% my favorite part of the pre-recorded oh, she's Hamilton special. film. And it's because, for, for whatever reason, on those three nights in particular, I guess, she was bringing it harder than ever anybody in this show yeah i mean i think chris chris jackson would beg to differ i think chris jackson went for me wins most improved from soundtrack to film but Hmm. she is i mean between i mean her she she's rapping she's singing she's got these huge dance numbers while she's doing these songs she delivers one of the to me in my opinion one of the most challenging vocal performances oh uh, in satisfied i mean that song is tough dude because it goes in like that's such a brilliant thing to see and she just absolutely nails it. And to yeah. me, the the reason that she is my super pump here is because when I watched this for the first time, I was blown away. Not that I wasn't expecting her to be great, but that she was even better than the soundtrack I had already listened to dozens of times yeah. before watching it. Um, yeah. And I just feel like she deserves all the credit in the world for how good she did. Um, so I, that's a that's a unique thing too. And and. I do want to go a little bit back to the argument that we had, Jordan, and I do want to side with you and maybe bring to the surface something that we've all been thinking. But like something that's special about this is like Hamilton was so under wraps. So something that's really special about going ahead and putting it on film right, is saying, now we can all watch this. And for the first time, you can see Leslie Odom do his thing. Right. Because the way this man emotes in his face and his body and all this kind of stuff is different than listening to that album. Something yeah. that's really unique about Broadway in general is you have these amazing stories, right? We're going to talk about, we have or, or are going to talk about Les Mis in our last week of Chusical. And people are playing the same role. It happens again and again and again, but it's somebody new, right? Somebody new comes in. What's your take on Jean Valjean? Or how are you going to do Thomas Jefferson? Or how are you going to do Aaron Burr? And it, that's, that's something that's cool too to see is people that make it their own. And then there always is something super special about that OG cast of like, you know, they brought Groff back for King George. 
Um, right. Because, and he wasn't even the original one for off Broadway. He had just left Hamilton to go do some other stuff, but they brought him back for this recording and then gave special thanks to the original ones of, for the off Broadway. Um, but that's just, that's because of in this, in this Broadway mindset, it's like, we're about to film this thing and this is going to probably last longer than the musical. Yeah. Hamilton's going to last a long time. Right. Mm-hmm. But even those that end up lasting the longest don't last much more than three, four decades, which again, that sounds petty, but it's like, that's a huge deal. That's right? such a long time. Exactly. But having the recording is going to last forever. And so the fact that they get to say, and imagine if this was like a Les Mis thing, Les Mis is such a different conversation and we'll talk about that or we have talked about it. I don't know. I'm outside of the time continuum. Um, <laughs> Les Mis is a really interesting thing because if you were to have a, lay, a live recording of Les Mis right now, they have so much to pull from. Like right. they, they have some of the people that if it was your favorite, they're probably too old. It's right. like they can't, they can't do that anymore. So let's bring them back. And we'll actually end up seeing that in the movie Les Mis. Some of the people that were really famous on Broadway play smaller roles because they can't, they can't lift a, <laughs> a flagpole anymore. You know, it doesn't right. make sense. So yeah, I think it's, I think it's super interesting. And I agree with you, Jordan, on that super pump. She was, <clears throat> dude, she absolutely yeah, she's smokes wonderful. this Phenomenal. show. <laughs> like it's unbelievable. Yeah. And a reason I bring that up too, I know I'm taking a lot of time here, but a reason I bring that up too is we've all seen it live right. at Dallas. And that's what's so fun about telling the story over again with somebody new, uh, except she's playing the same role, is like so much was added to that role for me. Yep. It's such an important role. And when I saw it played by somebody who who felt like they gave more to it or it was more meant for them, it t- completely opens up the story in a different way. It brings like this rewatchability to me. Um. I don't know. I loved it. Yeah, I think I agree with you. And there's so much visually happening. You talk about rewatchability. Callie brought this up when we were watching it. And she said, I feel like I want to rewind every 30 seconds because it's like, oh, I feel like I just missed something that happened over in that other it's corner super of the screen. super dense. Like the blocking, the choreography. Totally. It's super duper dense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think that's why for me, a super my super dump Ooh. would have been, and it could just be because... I have not, you know, the season tickets that I have aren't front row. So it doesn't feel like Hamilton, the movie, the musical. Right. It just feels like Hamilton, the musical. But there's something to be said about uh, Broadway in a way that it feels like a really good marching band. Ohio State's marching band is far more impressive from a helicopter than they are on the field because of the way that everybody is blocked and like doing all the different things. I think there's something about when when we went in and got these awesome shots of people close up, we did miss something. Sure. Yeah. Like we missed something that was also very intentional and you don't really get that. It doesn't feel like as much in an actual like movie. Yeah. Like we are working with the frame in a movie and everybody needs to be in here. And yeah. And it's not like, it's not that people don't act like people stop acting off screen in a movie, but it's like these people trained and they do this thing over and over again and we missed it. No, I think you're, uh, you're absolutely right. I mean, our lens is the stage when we're in the room. And our lens, you're right, our lens is the bounds of our TV screen when we're watching yeah. it. But I think they did a good job. Like with the stuff that they filmed of them performing in front of a live audience, we do get, for most of this, I feel like we get what you would actually see to get the whole picture. I think it didn't do a ton of like zooming in and just following somebody right. around. So you, you said- a good mix of the both. You said that would have been your super dump. Are you, I, I guess I'm trying to keep up with where you are. No, it is a. It is my super oh, dump. Oh, it is your super dump. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. I'm with you. No, and and I think that's that's good, right? Because it, to me, this conversation 
about Hamilton instantly becomes boring if it's just, I like the musical Hamilton, but it also instantly becomes boring if it's just, let's analyze this not movie as though it is just supposed to be a movie. Like there is this sort of tightrope. Well, it's because it's walk, brand right? new. We don't know what to do with it. Right. Yeah. Behind behind the, the curtain, to let you guys backstage, this is, uh, we've got several people who've messaged us on Instagram uh, who reached out to us personally who are like, dude, why is Hamilton not on the list? Why isn't Hamilton part of Chusical? This is why. Because we don't know what it is and don't really know how to talk about it. Well, yeah. Right. And I think part of part of what this episode is and part of what part of the reason we wanted to bring this to Patreons or patrons specifically is there is something to me, I've been looking forward to this recording all week because there's something exciting about like holding the putty of whatever this thing is in our hands and trying to figure out what the shape of it is. Um, yeah, and I just great. think it's really, that's a really unique, I mean, how often are we watching something and don't know how to classify it? That it's yeah. like the only thing of its kind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so like I, we just, it's like we just watched Snow White and every film yeah. before then had not been a cartoon. Right. We're just like, yeah. wait, hang on. What? <laughs> right. Yeah. Totally. And I have no idea what to do because I'm like sitting in the theater and seeing Hamilton and seeing that story for the very first time it, by the poster. I bought the poster five minutes in. Sure. It's like, yeah. but then I'm like, wait, but what do I, do I just carbon copy that because it's the same story? But what is the poster of? Is the poster right. of yeah, the yeah, movie yeah, yeah, yeah. or that's, is it the poster of the so music? Is the poster yeah. just a screenshot of the Disney Plus landing page where you grabbed and hit the button to watch <laughs> Hamilton? Like what is? Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. No, that's good. That's a good. That's a good point. And and I, I mean, think if, I think that's so unique. I don't know. It's it's so I love juicy. It. Yeah. I mean, if I can, I'm not going to give myself another super pump, but. I, a big old pump for the fact that this was even done. Like I do totally. love this. Yeah. And I love this too, because if this, if this means it's a conversation we had, I don't know if it was a mini Monday or something earlier in Chusical, but it's like, if this means that, you know, it's good for the pandemic during this time, but also for the future of just the stage, like I, I feel like it's an up and down kind of dip for people that want to do live, like Broadway shows like that as a career. Uh, it feels super hmm. competitive and even maybe more competitive than being in movie business because there's not as many opportunities to be successful. And so if this means now we are starting to write stories for the stage, but being recorded as movies that become fresh and brand new to us, if that's what this putty becomes, in. I'm all for it. I'm sold. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's amazing. I think if that's how we get these people to continue to have careers, it's like I'm casting blank for this stage production that's being filmed to be on a streaming platform. Cool. Pay them, pay them like they did yeah. one movie because those people don't get paid nearly as much as a list actors sure. that for their stories only are filmed once. Well, and you, you zoom in for something like this, you zoom in so close on Jonathan Groff and the people that cast him had to be going, Oh, thank goodness. We cast Jonathan Groff, like somebody who is, yeah an actor of both the stage and the screen. Like he, oh, he yeah. knows what's up. And, and I think, okay. So I feel like everybody does that though in the show. Totally. I agree. I feel like every cast member is able to, to yeah. carry both think, stage yeah. and screen. It I might agree. be that Groff's uh, close-ups are the most memorable though. That's you know, true. We had Jennifer Hudson's snot and cat and uh, cats. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have Groff's just constant spit, which fits his character much better than let's, let's uh, go ahead and talk Jonathan Groff's King George. I think that's a good conversation to have. Love yeah. it very much. The lips, the spit that, uh, are we still saying broke the internet or is that left behind in 2015? It, I think it's gone. It, it wounded the internet. <laughs> uh, it was everywhere, man. I just feel like I saw a hundred pictures the day it came out, just scrolling of 
just screenshots yeah. or gifs of him spitting everywhere. And I got to say, yeah. I think it's hilarious. Um, I also yeah. don't think it was... I've seen a lot of people saying that it was intentional. I think the dude just spits. Nah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of somebody who sings frequently on a stage with lights, I watch my own spit fly out of my mouth. You spitting? Pretty, pretty constantly. Um, I think the dude just spits. But it is... So first of all, he's he's incredibly talented like just as a vocalist but his his acting and his timing and his humor like his presence as king george um takes something that i think could be a make or break moment to like come in and out of this conflict with humor and really sells it um like he he is sort of the framing device for several big moments in this story and mm-hmm. if we're uh, watching from a stage, um, I think there's an expectation of uh, a character like this is big and um, you know goes wide and tall with it and kind of crazy. And it feels like uh, Jonathan Groff just has both, like has this sort of still craziness and this big craziness that I like a lot. Um, and it something that something that I was thinking about as I was watching is the stage doesn't feel empty when he comes out and does his thing, but it clears out. Yeah. It's just him. And that's, that's impressive. Oh yeah. He's Jonathan Groff is, is not going to for long be quietly everywhere, but he kind of still is right now. He's a little bit just, yeah, exactly. There was some fun trivia about, uh, how much money Hamilton cast members have made for Disney and Groff, you know, being in frozen, uh, and Lin-Manuel doing a lot for Moana, as well as the the actor who played uh, George Washington. I think I've already mentioned him. Mm-hmm. Chris Jackson. Um, He's Moana's then, dad. Yes. And then... Shut up. Really? Uh, He's the singing voice. Tamara Morrison, Django Fett, yeah. is the, the voice actor. Right. But but Chris Jackson does the, the music. Love it. That's great. Yep. And then uh, Jefferson. Man, David Diggs. Uh, what is that guy's name? Yes. He is going to be in Soul and is rumored to be Sebastian in that Little Mermaid uh, adaptation. So, uh, Lynn's, Lynn's working with Alan Menken on the music for the live action Little Mermaid. Yeah. Uh, something else that's interesting, just while we're talking about it, um, Leslie Odom Jr. is actually playing Sam Cooke in a movie about. Um, oh, cool. Yeah. So, it's a, it's a movie about uh, a young Muhammad Ali when he was still going by Cassius Clay. Uh, in one yeah. of his first major fights. And it's about Cassius Clay, Malcolm X, Sam Cooke, and someone else. I don't remember who the fourth oh person gosh. is. And they, yeah. it's about after that fight, they like stay in a hotel room together and the FBI is watching Malcolm X. So they're listening to everything happening in this hotel. It's very, It seems very interesting. I do know that Leslie Odom Jr. is going to be singing several Sam Cooke songs Good. Okay, in this movie. Fine. So thank you. That Fine. As if I wasn't already awesome. going to be into that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that should be pretty great. Um, but something, something that I, if it's okay, would like to just take a little bit of time, uh, to talk about is so, uh, and I I feel like Patreon is where we can sort of spend some time planting a flag in a particular topic and really dig into it. Um, something that I, as I, as I get older and as I like just meet more people and just, I I would say become a better version of Jordan. Something that is just like an instant go button for me. And like, it just pulls my heartstrings and it it is just so increasingly important to me is the idea of representation. Um, The idea of 
Uh, I know we talked about it a little bit. We, we haven't reviewed it, but when Into the Spider-Verse came out, we spent a little bit of time just talking about Miles Morales and the importance of that character um, mm-hmm. in the life of uh, any young kid who hasn't been able to look at virtually every superhero and see themselves you know, for yeah. all of time. And I, I think that something that Hamilton does um, that is pretty unique, I would say, is cast... I mean, I think it's Jonathan Groff and maybe one other person on the stage and everyone else is a person of color. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I just think that's, I, I feel like that's important. I, I think that it is. Oh yeah. I think that it is incredibly important for not just people that are interested in musical theater to see um, different representation than um, maybe what they're used to seeing, but anybody who's interested in music or history, I don't know. It just seems like such a unique way of sort of reclaiming the story of a group of people that might not have been sympathetic to um, particularly black Americans, but. Well, exactly. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's like the majority of the men that these people were, are, are portraying on stage would be rolling over in their graves if they could see who was playing them and wearing their name on a stage. And right. That's the the tricky thing because from a from the academic perspective, like there's been a shift over the last uh, 25, 30 years away from the great men narrative of right. the founding of the United States, right? Like growing up in school, we all heard there's these great men. There's uh oh crap, I'm looking at it on my bookshelf right now. These founding brothers, right? right. Like these men who by sheer force of will, were the 10 people that made America, right? And that's, yeah. historians are ultimately saying, hey, that's a little flawed. That's not really the way things were. It was more of a group effort. And doing so ignores the efforts of, of black and brown people who were influential in starting the country and who lent their DNA to the organism that America grew into. And so on the one hand, we're reclaiming this story uh, from folks who might have a supremacist worldview uh, but on the other hand, we're erasing historical blackness. We're not talking about folks like Crispus Attucks, right. who is a very important part of the American Revolution. We're not talking about Hamilton was rumored to have a son uh, before he married Eliza. There's a, a guy by the name of William Hamilton uh, who claimed to be a son of Alexander who was fathered uh, by Alexander and a free black woman who became a key voice for the abolitionist movement around the founding of the country. And we, there's, there's just this, I don't know. And, and it's hard to say, you know, whether it's historically a valid thing to do to reclaim the great men narrative, right? Like, is that something that's worth saving? Is the great men story something worth saving? And I think ultimately where you have to come down on it is this is a work of fiction. Sure, of course. Right? And there are so many things that are fictionalized. Uh, You know, Hamilton was not fired by John Adams. Hamilton quit his position uh, before Adams became president. Mm -hmm. Uh, Angelica Schuyler was not the oldest Schuyler. There were two sons older than her. She didn't have to social climb. Uh, She didn't meet Hamilton. You know what I mean? Like there's so many of these interpersonal relationships. Uh, Hamilton and Burr's relationship is almost entirely fictionalized so that we can get a conflict lock between a hero and a villain and so, we can so, so that we can show regret at the end of the show. Right. And I think you just have to treat it like, at the end of the day, this is a work of fiction about a time period and a group of people that have historically been reserved for yeah. white stories. Yeah. You know, and we're making it's, it something that's available to everyone. Yep. And in terms of talking about it, looking at it 
at it as a work of fiction. Uh, Lin-Manuel talks about how he was very much inspired by Aaron Sorkin's script for West Wing. Um, and West Wing, while it is, while, while you are learning something, right. While listening to 30 seconds of that show or watching an episode, it's like, okay, I'm starting to understand the relationship between the executive and legislative branches. Like I haven't before that art can tend to, to lend itself to sometimes, uh, it is fictional. Like we don't right. even really have names that we're keeping. We do have these relationships of like a father and son and like things that it's alluding to, which a lot of dramatic political shows do that. Um, but yeah, this is great. And I love to, I think one of my favorite things about Lin-Manuel being so passionate about Hamilton's story and writing about it and kind of giving it this twist is it, it was enough to have us learn so much about someone who was not a big deal. I think that was a major passion of Lin-Manuel was like, why is yeah. nobody talking about him? Right. It's like, oh, the $10 bill one. That's about it. That's all I know. Yeah. We and know that he like, died in a duel. Yeah. Him and Jefferson didn't really like each other. But then now we get all of this and I love it. I think. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up. As long as we're talking about loosey goosey, super pumps and super dumps. I think my, wow. my, my super dump <laughs> would, would have to be like the people that are trying to hold, man, this is just reachy. My Come super on. dump's going to be the people that are trying to hold this to a standard that it never claimed to have. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I think much of like, I've seen a lot of criticism about this of like, well, you know, Lynn was mostly inspired by this biography of Hamilton that historians are not really all that confident is a great primary source. And like, uh, he continues this characterization of Hamilton as a serial womanizer, which is a early as like a eight, it's a uh, 1800s idea about Hamilton. Yeah. But it's not reflective of current scholarship. Uh, we're inventing characters and relationships, whole cloth. And, that's a little bit, I mean, that's to what we were talking about earlier is like, man, that's not what this is. Right. Like, yeah, this is, that's like th saying, this uh, is like, yeah. okay, this is a deep cut, perhaps the deepest cut. Uh, do you guys remember Abraham Lincoln in, vampire slayer? I, yeah. Wow. Uh, in, in, <laughs> we would have been in elementary school because I had this on tape. There was a movie, uh, like a cartoon animated movie about a mouse that lived in Ben Franklin's house and he lived like in a floorboard of Ben Franklin's house. And he was the one that helped Ben Franklin invent bifocals because he chewed, <laughs> he chewed some lenses in half for Ben. Oh, nope. No, that's, to me, that's that criticism. Real. To me, that criticism is the same as going, well, a mouse didn't really exist. Well, sure. Dude. Yeah. But it's I a work even... of fiction. And so it has a purpose, right? What is the author trying to tell yeah, us? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I, and that thing too is like I I super dump on that just in general in culture and movie culture because those people are everywhere, and yeah. sometimes I catch myself being that person. So I'm not trying to say like I'm on a good side and they're the bad side. It's like I've been there before. I've been to that side. Yeah. But it's like it's what you're talking about is like American history buffs putting on their Comic Con pants. Like we had that throughout the entire MCU. Yep. Exactly. It's riddled with stuff like this. It's yep. like, well, but technically, and I've heard you goons say the same kind Dude, of thing. I just exactly. all over Greatest Showman two weeks <laughs> uh, ago because yeah, yeah, PT yeah. Barnum was a turd. Like <laughs> And I do the I'm same about thing. It. But well, I, we I was all like, did that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a little more ignorant. So I was like, of course they're best friends. <laughs> <laughs> like, of course he's not dead. But then there's people that are like, which is great. And that's awesome because you get to flex a little bit about other content that you love and other content that meant more to you and you were sad you didn't get to see that come to fruition. And so it, it's it's it feels like it's a more worthy conversation in something that is 
superheroes, right? It's like, hey, they're on other planets. <laughs> they do, they do create. This one's green now. He's much bigger, you know, and it's like, yeah. But yeah, I think it's maybe a little bit more irritating to be like, well, yes, but it's not quite a, you know, if you're so bummed about people getting a wrong view of Hamilton, why haven't you written anything? <laughs> That's I think my issue. I think to me, it comes, it comes down to like, are we creating, are we writing history? Are we recounting events or are we writing a story with a right. purpose, right? I've talked before on the show about art is didactic and artistic, right? It has yeah. to be beautiful to look at and it has to say something for it to be a, to be sticking in culture. Yeah. And so this gets back to the, the question of what does it look like to be a responsible critic yeah. and to consume something? And, and you know, uh, whether or not you take the, the popular death of the author into account, right, where you have to separate the author from the work and no part of the author remains in the work, or if you take uh, the more uh, 1900s view of like every piece of art is indelibly infused with some piece of the author... I think at the end of the day, you have to say, this is a work of fiction. What is the author trying to tell me? What is yeah. he trying to get me to think? Did it work? Did I yeah. think those things? Yeah. I think a lot of it goes back to the reason that people get so passionate about, you know, wanting to make sure that you're pulling from the right sources is because we do know the influence mm -hmm. that something done well can have on people. Sure. And so we don't want to. So that's why, too, it's like, man, I, I think we should spend some time sometime in the future as all Christian boys talking about what Christianity has done in the movie world and like me wanting to stand on a mountaintop and say, we are not facing the giants. Like that's yeah. not what we're all about. We're not in the <laughs> end zone. But then also too, like you have this at one time until it was dethroned by, uh, I think black Panther, but, uh, no, 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 it's, I think it's still the number, the highest grossing rated our movie of all time, but passion of the Christ. Right. So you have this whole world that's like, then it gets to a point of being like, okay, I know this was influential to you, but you need to know this right. to know this character. Right. Like this was an artistic liberty. So you need to know that. And so, you know, it's so interesting that scale of like, what do we, what makes us real fired up and have to go in and defend something? Yeah. And if you're a big and, history buff and you don't want future generations being like, did you know that Martha Washington named her Tomcat after Alexander? Like, I get that. <laughs> That's true. Like, I get yeah, yeah. that. It's not true. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I... I want to talk about hip hop. Um, okay, feels inappropriate, but <laughs> I. So, are are either of you? Do either of you listen to a lot of hip hop? I, I don't remember. I'm trying to thoughtfully consume more. Okay, uh, it's it's not something I've naturally gravitated toward, but it is. It's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to say that hip hop is like broccoli because I think that <laughs> that although there is the song broccoli. broccoli. So that makes me the whitest boy that ever lived. If I say that, but I think, uh, it's one of those things where it's like, man, exposing yourself to all different kinds of art is valid and important. Sure. And so I'm trying to thoughtfully do that more. Sure. Yeah. In a world where there's not really too many musics I don't like hip hop is in the, uh, middle upper tier. Okay. It is not top three in terms of what I enjoy consuming, but I do really enjoy it. Sure. It shows up a lot in, in the things that I love the most, like R and B. Mm -hmm. But I am not a hit, I'm not an expert. I think by any I means. think that's good. I, I so I it is also not my like primary genre of listening. Um, I think I probably probably lean a little more that direction than the two of you, but not really by much. I don't think. But I do I do listen to a good bit, and I have listened for a long time. And I remember sort of being sold, like having Hamilton sold to me as dude, it's a hip hop musical, 
and I listened to it and I was like, this is awesome. I don't know that I would call it that, but it is awesome. Yeah. Um, I would say that it is a pretty typical theatrical musical with elements of rapping and some 808s and like yeah, trap yeah, yeah, snares yeah, yeah. occasionally. You, you definitely need to be more than a better rapper to be a cast member Correct. of this. Yeah. Correct. And it, and it is, and don't get me wrong, like what, what I said with Renee Elise Goldberry or um, David Diggs or uh, even Lynn a lot of times, like the 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 rhythm and like sort of the the flow of the lyricism is impressive in a lot of the, the rap rhythm is um, nonstop but it is the man is it's, I'll tell you that it's nonstop um, but yeah it, I think I think it is interesting though because I can't think of another musical like this with hip hop elements so it is you know quote unquote the hip hop musical yeah. if you want to judge it on that sort of metric. Well, I think somebody telling you that that Hamilton is hip hop is the same as somebody pointing to like jazz fusion and saying that's jazz. Right. Well, it has elements in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mumford and Sons yeah. is What's, folk music. It's like, uh, I mean, they have a mandolin. They have yeah. folk <laughs> elements in it, but really they just sound like they won the prize for best yeah. new band at the 1860 County Fair. <laughs> it's like, yeah, they do at least. I think they have two guys that don't even get paid because they don't have enough to spread that out enough. But um, I... So with Hamilton talking about it as a hip hop musical, I think that just gives it, I think having Hamilton be a movie gave it another badge on a sash that is just like full of stuff. I love that Hamilton was the movie that made such a big deal and like coming onto Disney plus it makes sense because of the momentum of Hamilton. But the fact too, that it's like, it continues to just kind of like break barrier, like just try new things. And I think that's awesome. I think that's, it's fun that this is kind of a recurring theme with Hamilton. It's kind of like, what do we do now? Yeah. What do we do here? Well, and I would say that I would say that Hamilton certainly has been a gateway drug for uh, non-musical theater people into musical theater more than it has been a gateway drug for non-hip hop people into hip hop. Yeah. It's just like <laughs> just like what Cats did, you know? <laughs> yes. Just makes you run away from everything you've ever known, you know, I, and seek something totally different. I've said that a lot yeah. about Hamilton. Is it's like Hamilton and cats, they're two peas in a pod, they are the same, they're the same. I can't, I, it's and when Taylor Swift came out in Hamilton, I was like, What? That's crazy! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> amazing crossover. Yeah, always, always impressed. Can I super pump? Yeah, I'd love that. It's Lynn, you already did. No, I didn't. It's Lynn and Will Miranda. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like just, just every, like this is, this is one of those things. And, uh, this is one of those works for me that I hold up as sort of a gold standard of creativity where it's just like, man, this is endlessly re-listenable now endlessly rewatchable. Uh, and it's just because I don't know, I'm having a hard time finding words to describe it. And it, it probably, yeah. I think it hit me. It hit me at a point in my life whenever I felt as though I could identify with Alexander Hamilton a lot and felt as though I was like, man, I am stuck in this job I don't love doing this thing for people who are never going to give me a shot. A hurricane decimated your homeland and I wrote my way out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it just, I don't know. This has just been one of those. Uh, one of those works that I'm going to look back at and say, man, that was important to me for really important reasons for a really long time. 
Yeah. And I fully credit that with, with Lin-Manuel Miranda, the way that he's able to write in such a way that is transcendent oh. and take the, I mean, I think if we're talking about responsible literary criticism, he succeeded. Like his goal was to let's take these bloodless cardboard cutout founding fathers, these great men that we mm-hmm. all learn about. And let's see if we can identify with them. Yeah. Let's see if we can draw out the humanity inside of them. And I think he absolutely succeeded. I agree. Yeah. But to it's, me, it's just, it's one of those unparalleled works. It will be remembered as one of the great works of the 21st century. Yeah. And I feel like these great works and the golden standards that you refer to, I'm telling you, there continues to be for me the like continual word that comes to my mind is guts. Like all these guys totally. that we talked yeah. about and all these people in the movie business, like the fact that he said, you know, I really like what Aaron Sorkin is doing. So a ton of people have said that, but no one's ever been like, I think I want to try and do a very similar thing. On the stage. Because it's, it's impossible. Like you look at the West Wing and like- Social even network. Even things like social, yeah, social network yeah. and the newsroom, yeah. which was at a great underrated show. Uh, like he is just nonstop. You feel like he is writing enough for three episodes, but he puts it in 20 minutes and you're like, but that's what it feels like for Hamilton. Yeah. And so for him to have the guts to say, I want to do something that feels like that. And something well, I think he's, he's cemented himself as inimitable in the way that Aaron Sorkin is. You know what I mean? Nobody right. can do this but yeah. him. Well, he's, he's yeah, exactly. He's done the thing to where you, you don't think he had an influence, right? Because he did it so well. You're like, oh, like you might watch West Wing later and be like, I wonder if Aaron Sorkin got this from Lin-Manuel Miranda. If you, yeah. That kind <laughs> right. of thing. It's, that's right. got to be like the biggest compliment to anybody. It's like it's people like, oh, not no, no, thinking no. Seinfeld's funny anymore because the jokes have been taken and put elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's Curb or right. something like that. Yeah. Um, something Whatever. that, something else that I think to Lin's credit is that not only is it just a well done show, but like, I think it's very emotionally effective. I, I mm-hmm. still, I listen to this in my car a lot. Um, and like, I still can't listen to Hamilton wrote the other 51 without getting like a little misty, like just a, just a little like, you know, and I I think that's, that's rare that something repetitively gives me the same feeling every time I hear it, um, which is intense. Can I, can I share my super dump? Sure. Bring us crashing right down. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's great. Um, it, it was tough for me, um, for a lot of the reasons we've mentioned, but, Hey, whatever you say, it's not going to be as bad as me super dumping. I didn't like that some people don't like. Yeah, that's valid. I that's pretty bad. So my <laughs> my super dump is um, when you when you record something like this over three nights, and it's sort of a limited engagement thing, and you're not on a movie set where you can say cut. Let's try this take again later when everybody's in the zone with a cast this size you're not going to catch everyone on their same best night. There's just no way to do it. And there are, mm. there are elements to this that I think I can tell. And don't get me wrong. It's like watching an Olympic gymnast do a 9.8 out of 10 routine and me sitting on my couch and being like, did you see that part where she almost I fell? love how much. Yes, mm. that's one of my favorite where's things it, about the How much we become points. pros. Right. Yeah. But uh, yeah. You see how the water broke there? He's not going to write it. That's splash. That's splash. There's no way. And and this is me <laughs> calling out the splash of an Olympic diver. But that's good. Um, yeah, I could. Ju- there were moments where it was like, ooh, Leslie Odom Jr. almost forgot his lines right there. There is a part in the last song when he and Hamilton are about to duel, where you can watch his eyes panic because he's having to catch back up with the music to get back where he's supposed to be in his lines. Um, there are. Uh, bum notes occasionally, which I think is great. 
uh, I think it adds to the realism, but my, my point is there is a lack of perfection in something like this that I actually think can be really good too. Um, but it, it just is interesting when you, when you take something like this and record, I mean, that's it. This is the definitive version of Hamilton that yeah. most people will see. Um, yeah. and it, it's, it, you're just not going to catch a cast of 30 people with everybody nailing it perfectly three nights in a row. Yeah, that's what's so unique about putting it on this platform of a recording and of a movie mm-hmm. because it is so, I mean, is it easier to be impressed by a story if it's live? Like if, you, if you're seeing it all happen? Right. Would I, I mean, rather I think our, our go see Hamilton review. in person? Yeah, well, I, would I rather go see Hamilton in person than watch this filming yes. of it again? Probably, yeah. The answer is no for me. Really? Really. Yeah, really. Because I, I was, I mean, the cast that we saw did a phenomenal job. They're all wonderfully talented people but there was something where it was like it would be like watching a remake of a movie that i love very much that's fair and i think that's probably because of the pedestal that i put this work on in in my kind of creative pantheon you know what i mean if i think of like creative olympus this is one of the gods up there for me and so it's it's a little weird it would be like it would be like if i uh if they remade like et or something yeah. You know, be like, which oh, they have, but have never been as blatantly it. remaking it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mac and me looking like at monster you. trucks. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yes. Amazing. I think, I think it would be a miss if we didn't talk about, uh, the characterization of the women in this show, which is every woman wants to constantly play Wii sports with Alexander Hamilton. And that's right. kind of their defining. They're defined by their relationship to their desire to Wii sports him until the very end. At the very end, they're like, oh, yeah, Eliza did stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Eliza lived until she was 97, which is wild for a, a 17th century gal. Right. Six, uh, 18th century. But... Uh, like a modern day, yeah. If David we're, Bowie, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if we're fictionalizing stuff, uh, I think that would be my one critique with the the actual book is like, you know, I can I can look past the the intentional omissions of real history. I think if the message that you're trying to send is strong enough, I think you can overcome that. I just have a really hard time uh, with there being such weak characterization of the women in the show. Well, especially if you're going to fictionalize other things and you don't have to fictionalize how dope Eliza Hamilton was. Like Exactly. You, you, without fictionalizing, you could talk about how many great things she did. And then at the well, very sure. end, I mean, you she give her was... 30 seconds to be like, oh, wait, real quick, orphanage and a bunch of other stuff. Exactly. She founded the Alexander Hamilton Memorial Society. She, uh, after he died with their youngest son, John Hamilton, they went through his desk, collected all of his letters, which by the way, the, the burn scene is totally fictionalized. We make that up because in the 18th century, folks didn't really care so much what a woman thought when her husband was revealed to have had an affair. Yeah, but hey, real quick, that song spanks. That song is so good though. I mean, is there a bad one? No. But like if we're fictionalizing that stuff, like there is there's more than enough material in Eliza Hamilton's life to paint her the same way that we paint Hamilton as somebody nonstop consumed by a desire for her. It's to tell the truth and to do what's yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and Hamilton is to get ahead. So there's even we could even have contrasted that a little bit. And and yeah. I get too like our our lens as storytellers is very focused on our lens and it needs to be our lens 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 is very focused on Alexander and it needs totally. to be. But there, I, I do think there's no, but room that's for other you, characterization there. I think you're right. Exactly. exactly. There is room. And that 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 does that says a lot for something that is just chock full 
of a bunch of people that we have all heard of before we even saw it. You know, it's like the fact that there is still room because that's not, that's not a adding more time to it. That's just giving us a different bend. Yeah. Okay. So here's what I want to do. Everybody's super pumped and super dumped, right? Yeah. Here's how I'd like to, to wrap up our last few minutes here. I think so. Right. I have. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. I have as well. Okay. Um, we're going to rate it. And if you're a patron, we're going to go ahead and assume that you know the scale and this is barely classified as a movie. So it feels weird enough as it is, but you know, what's up science, cinema scales. But when we're done with that, um, after we rate this, what I want to do is I just want to take just a few minutes. I wouldn't feel right talking about this without dedicating at least a few minutes to just kind of geeking out about how awesome Hamilton is. Um, Mm. and so, the first thing that I'd like to do is each of us to, as best we can, rate this on our cinema scale. Um, the, and I, we're not talking about Hamilton written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. We're talking about Hamilton, the musical, the film given to us by Disney+. Plus. That's what we're rating here. That's so tricky, though, I know, because if somebody was like, hey, here's your favorite food in the world. What did you think of the plate I gave it to you on? I would say, well, the plate was great because it brought me my very good food I like. Right. Right. Uh, so this, I'm buying this plate. I'm buying it. It's a poster for me. I'm, I'm buying the poster. To me, it's an extension of like, I can't look at the soundtrack album as something distinct and different from the show, as something distinct and different from the movie, as something distinct and different from the the book that Lynn wrote uh, about the show. You know what I mean? There's this whole thing where these are all pieces. These are all spokes yeah. on a wheel. And that wheel for me is on my creative Olympus, on my creative Mount Rushmore. Yeah. So it's a poster for me. I think it's a buy it for me. And I've already said that like, the Hamilton seeing it in person is a buy the poster. Yeah. I think, I think it was understandably safe in how they chose to film this. I think if people continue to do it, we're going to see more creative ways to film a live performance. And so the fact that there seems to be more room, the fact that it's not like, like when toy story was the first CGI movie, you know, they put this story together with something that we'd never seen before and everything was perfect. You know, even though, even though the, you know, graphics get better and stuff, but I think, I think it's just a buy it. Yeah. For me, because I think there's still room to do more creatively if we're going to call it a movie. I got to say, I do get real excited thinking about what the future of this kind of experience could be. Oh, absolutely. For sure. Right. And that's what's funny, too, because if you if I'm giving it like pioneer points, then it's a poster. Mm -hmm. But I don't know where to put myself. If I had to if I I had to call my shot here, we are or throw it away less than five years away from Amazon having some sort of, um, you know, Amazon theater experience rentals where you can pay $10 to yep. essentially buy a ticket. Which incidentally kind of is thing. a Hamilton. Pay $10 <laughs> yeah, that's good. you lay down a that's Hamilton. That's good. I like that. <laughs> um, but do you get what I'm saying? Like Amazon being like, hey, yeah, totally. we're bringing, you know, a pre-recorded feed from set up over three nights, you know, kind of a thing of this show that's blowing up right um, now. Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark starring Reeve oh Carney. Gosh. Dude, didn't, hey, didn't <laughs> somebody die during that show? Not, I mean, I, I saw it on Broadway, so. not during my show. Dude, showing. look at look it up because I am I am not from what pretty I positive that somebody died during a live performance of that show, which is that's awful. amazing. I mean, that's awful. <laughs> no, Amazing Spider Man is what you're thinking. Yeah, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, somebody did die. <laughs> I'm not laughing at that. It's just, I'm not laughing at that. Um, 
I Google guys, I Googled Spider-Man turn off the dark and the autocomplete was Spider-Man turn off the dark death video. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh my ooh, gosh, ooh, everyone. No, no. Settle down, you guys. That's awful. Turn the internet off. Hey. No, no, guys. no. Guys. Hey, what's your favorite song at Hamilton? Mine's wait for non-stop. it. No, mine's nonstop. Mine's wait for it too. <gasps> Carter. Mine is mine also is wait for it too. As well. The sequel. Wait, wait for it. The wait sequel. for it too. Wait for it too. <laughs> the sequel. Colin's still waiting. Hey, I I did a fun thing, uh, and I think it's a little bit a part of our conversation right now in terms of talking about planet Earth and the difference between the zoo and watching planet Earth. So when you look at IMDb's top 250 shows, there's something that feels unfair about Planet Earth 2 and Planet Earth being the top two rated shows on IMDb. Hmm. A lot of people put effort, though, into doing that, and that's going to give us something that we've never had before, and it has it was done so well. You talk about like pioneering type stuff for documentary's sake. Like This was the first time we could flex the stuff that we had to do, but it's like, are you telling me... So number four is Breaking Bad. And it feels weird to even compare Planet Earth to Breaking yeah, Bad, totally. right? So that's... That's yeah. what's so interesting to me. I don't know, but the, it's it's Hamilton against itself, which is again another layer of why this is so well, unique. And, and all that are, or like all that conversation is is just an even more exaggerated version of Breaking Bad versus like Friends. They're both TV shows, but that's about where it ends, right? I mean, and then you've got yeah. you've got Planet Earth, which just widens that gap even more because like I guess it's a TV yeah. show because it's a show that came on TV, but like it's not like yeah. we're watching. And, you know, Earth is my house. Like, I've been here. And so finding out stuff in my house that's cool <laughs> yeah. is always nice. Um, like yeah. when you, you know, clean that's out your closet bite. and you're like, my Game Boy SP. That is- that's the yeah. soundbite. If we ever do a feed drop of just like, you guys really need to get on Patreon because you're missing great discussion. We're definitely going to pull the clip of Jordan saying, Earth is my house. <laughs> I do. Earth I this my house. Here. And when I learn about my house, I'm like, dang, my house. You can't believe it. Can't I stand it. by it. You're making fun of it, but I stand by it. <laughs> Actually, uh, six of the top 10 TV shows considered of all time on IMDb are like that. It's like Cosmos, Cosmos 2, Our Earth, Planet Earth, Blue Planet, like all that hmm. stuff is, is really, really high. It's interesting. And it's just different, but that's good. I'm not trying to say it, it's just a fun argument to have, but ultimately we're all winning from whatever this is. Like, yeah, okay, exactly. so we can't define things anymore. Netflix shows are winning more Emmys than shows that aren't on Netflix. Spielberg's pissed. Like nobody in the end, it's like we're all getting good content yep. and I'm fine with that. I'm That's not okay. particularly hey, let's, let's a nature documentary down. boy though. I'll say that. Oh, I am big time. Love planet earth, planet earth too. I've seen them Same. both. I'm just, they're just not my faves. Love it so much. I think it is really helpful if we, eliminate our our entertainment taxonomy and what i mean by that is uh in the animal kingdom uh here we go nature documentary boy we can class point to things and say that's a fish and then we can point to things and say that's true i can't do that bird but when you point to something and say that's a fish there's always a chance you're pointing at a whale and when you point to something and say that's a bird because it lays eggs there's always a chance that you're pointing to an echidna which is decidedly not a bird it's knuckles Exactly. Uh, and it's it's a Rasta echidna on the hunt for those emeralds. Uh, but so what I'm, I think it would be helpful, too, if we if we kind of reflect the the kind of the trend in taxonomization and view everything on a spectrum. Right. Like yeah. there is there's perhaps not as clear dividing lines between a nonfiction documentary 
and friends as we would like there to be. And so they're going to wind up on the same list. Sometimes when you cast a net into the ocean to catch fish, you're going to end up with a whale as well. And things that don't quite fit, but they look like it, you know? And that's, you know, maybe we'll have episodes on training how to talk about that. Because when you start wanting to talk gray instead of black and white, people get offended. Yeah. Because they don't feel smart. But I think that's where all the tastiest <laughs> morsels are is in that gray area, baby. Oh. We're, let's, we're not a movie podcast anymore. Let's just dive into culture, dude. Let's talk about politics. Let's, let's talk about religion. Let's just, we'll we're fade out. New podcast, called, <laughs> new podcast called It's All Great Here. We're a Portrait of Dorian Ooh. Gray podcast now. Ooh. There it is. <laughs> Keep me young. Hey, to, to end the, the patron episode. What a weird episode. Yeah, I love it. I this is my it. favorite st- type of stuff. Uh, to end the patron episode, say your name and which pop song you would drop in the middle of Hamilton that you think would fit. Uh, I'm Jordan, and it's Bye 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 by NSYNC, and it's when uh, it comes right after Burn. She kind of wipes the tears and then turns around, and it's just like, Bye 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 Bye, and it's going to be great. <laughs> I'm Carter, and it is Arms of the Angels. Uh, let's take it out of that. <laughs> Who's singing uh, it? Uh, Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> oh, oh, she's just in the show. It's just her. And it's when, yeah, yeah, it's yeah, when yeah, John yeah. Lawrence yeah. dies. Yep. Yeah. Well, what we're doing is we we walk out and we start to see the uh, profile of what looks like King George. Mm-hmm. But we're like, why is he here when Hamilton's son mm-hmm. is dying? Well, actually, that's Sarah McLaughlin. We tricked How you. How have we not talked about Anthony Harry, Ramos? Sorry. She's singing. She's singing now. Anthony Ramos is Oh, amazing. my gosh. Listen, listen, to, his, listen to his Listen to his... He dies twice. Yeah. Dude, at the end, when he talks about John Lawrence and then my son, and he just spins around and it's him both times, (laughs) is so good. Uh, I'm Doge, and I think instead of... uh, Oh, you're replacing. Instead of, I wrote my way out, right? Instead of, in the eye of a hurricane, there is quiet. I just want to have Lynn sing Roar by Katy Perry. (laughs) He's like... I've got the eye of the tiger. <laughs> I don't do Lynn as good as you. <laughs> no, but I like it. I mean, I don't think I could do him singing Roar. You're in the eye of the hurricane, there is quiet, is the best you ever are at Lynn. In the eye of a hurricane, there is quiet. Yep. For just a moment. We're gone on Watch that. Watch out, Randy Newman. We're out on that. <laughs> We're out on that. A yellow sky. <laughs> <laughs>